buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. All right. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Very excited to have Luigi Prestonenzi on today. He is the co-founder and head of growth over at Sales IQ. We're going to talk about mindset, probably going to talk about prospecting. We're going to learn a little bit about his story, and we're definitely going to have some fun bringing you some fire tactical tips. Uh, so Luigi, thanks so much for coming on the show again for a second Mate. time. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Colin. Really looking forward to uh, having a chat to you today. Yeah, thanks. I know uh, the first time you came on the show is before we changed the name. So it's you know, somewhat, <laughs> somewhat the same, but a little bit different. Uh, but just for a refresher for anybody who hasn't uh, maybe tuned into the first episode that we did together, um, just give us a little bit of your sales story. Yeah, man. So I'm a career sales professional, man. I've been, I've been working, I've been selling since I was kind of uh, at high school. Um, I was pretty fortunate that... Um, I found my way into sales because I couldn't, I couldn't really, I wasn't really good at school. <laughs> I struggled. Um, mm. So the minute I found myself working in sales, working in a call center, um, old school boiler room type call center, right? This was over shit, yeah. over 20 years ago, man. I sound old when I say that over 20 years ago. <laughs> um, but uh, I didn't really understand what sales was all about until kind of, you know, later in my mid-20s um, after um, and I remember going for a job with an organization trying to become a sales rep, right? I was working in the call center. Um, I wanted to move outside of that, move outside sales. And I was told kind of after three interviews, so three times going for the job, I was told, look, you can't sell. Um, and that kind of just slapped me in the face thinking, like, what am I going to do, man? It's mm. all I know what to do. I don't know. I, don't, I can't really do anything else. Um, and that's when I made a real um, – that's when I made a decision to, to, to focus on the craft and the art of selling. Mm. Um, and, you know, fast forward that story, you know, seven years later, I did a deal with that same company that rejected me and I signed them up into a $4 million contract um, to buy the services that we were, were selling from the company I was working for. So that was a bit of, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of a, 
it's a roundabout sort of story of of why you, you should never give up and um and that kind of propelled my career and 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 here I am today, man. Yeah, I love that story, by the way. Um yeah, yeah. I mean, to to going for a job at a company that tells you you can't sell to selling them a four million dollar contract. What a what a one eighty, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It actually led me to my biggest sale, man. So they were part of a bigger organization, massive organization here in APAC, and uh, ended up tying up the deal, I think in total, maybe just under 20 mil, um, biggest deal of my career at the time. Um, and so, you know, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have happened without that. And that's why I think for every seller out there, right, the reality is rejection, being ghosted, not achieving an outcome is part of the process. Yeah. And we can't be defined by the fact that shit goes wrong. And, yeah. you know, those are the moments which make us who we are. And, you know, that's that whole, you know, Carol Dweck's growth mindset. It's saying I could have gone down a path, I could have been angry, I could have, you know, and I was angry at her. I still remember her name today, man. You know, I'll never forget, you know, how I felt after being told, you know, you can't sell and blah, blah, blah. But it might have been exactly what you what needed. I needed to hear. Yeah, absolutely, right? man. Um, so it led me down a path of reading books and, you know, trying to find ways to improve my skill set and, and become a lifelong learner. So one thing I'm interested in is, so you mentioned after you were told you can't sell, you started to study the art of selling. For mm. those that maybe don't understand the difference between the art and maybe the science of selling, you know, explain that. Like what things yeah. did you study to then get so much better at the craft of sales <laughs> to then close a $4 million, to then close a $20 million deal with the company that told you you can't sell? Yeah, I think, and, and this is a good debate around this, right, the art versus the science. And I think the science is great with the science. The science tells you how many emails, how long an email should be, you know, how many touches in a sequence to get somebody to engage, how many buyers are, you know, Gartner saying 11.2 people in a buying decision or a buying yeah. committee when you're selling into enterprise. You know, that's all the science, right? Yeah. The art is understanding that, you know, there are things that we do Intuitively, there are things that we need to be doing in order to progress an opportunity. You know, there is, it's, it's about understanding your pace. It's about understanding, you know, what a strategy, what, how you could maybe change your strategy, um, depending on who you're talking to, uh, the type of questions that we ask. Um, there's a whole range of, that's the art of selling, right? It's about reflecting and thinking, you know, how do I, cause the science is there. And, but as we know, the science isn't always correct. You can say, well, uh, well, an email should be 50 words, mobile friendly, takes 11 seconds to read a cold email, but I've sent ones 150 words, completely goes against what the science says, and I'm getting a, a meeting with a, a C-level decision maker, right? right? So I think the reality is we need to be thinking about the buyer. We need to be thinking about there is an art, there is a, there is a buyer going through a buying journey. And how to create an experience that's unique for them. And that's the art of the sale. That's the mm. art of being creative. That's the art of thinking outside the box, right? Um, and, and, you know, there's some great books that I read. I remember one of my first books was Relationship Selling by Jim Cathcart. Um, the guy's a legend of the professional development space and personal development space. You know, the sales Bible from um, Jeffrey Gittemore and Miller Hyman. I mean, there's so many great books out there. But I think one thing is not every book has the perfect blueprint. Right. The art is 
taking all the different concepts that you're learning and making them your own, right? Yeah. Executing them, trying, see what works, doesn't work, um, and use every interaction as the opportunity to learn. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of sellers, especially early on in their career, and I know that this was definitely applied for me, is we're all looking for like those silver bullets, right? Give me the perfect script. Give me the perfect email. Give me the perfect list, you know, and I'll just work it, right? And yes, to a certain extent, sales is a numbers game. But if you're only playing the numbers game, you're going to lose every time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, that's important, right? Like there are definite metrics that support what we need. Like you reverse engineer your pipeline for any sales professional out there and this is the difference between a sales rep and a sales professional, right? If you're a professional, you're very clear on the path to success. You say, right, if my target's a million bucks, $10 million, doesn't matter what the target is, I know what my average opportunity size is. I know I should know what my conversions are. I should have a bit of a plan of attack to say, well, this is how many people I need to talk to, you know, meetings, opportunities created, proposals sent, deals closed. Like that's fundamentally what your pipeline looks like, yeah? Top of funnel, right. progression, advancing to close. Now, that's all great, and I think the numbers are absolutely critical because it gives you a, a path of knowing what you need to do to achieve an outcome. But in saying that, that's not the main focus because if we are poorly executing components of the sales process, we're never going to achieve those outcomes. Or we might achieve it, but you know what? The, the, the numbers that we need could be incredibly high versus you know great selling. You might not need as much opportunities because you're closing more based on the experience you're creating for your buyers. Hmm. And so uh, one thing I want to touch on, right, is so you talked about the the buyer's journey and the buyer's experience, mm. right? Which if you're just if you're not if you're not mastering the art of selling or yeah. practicing to get better or studying the craft, that becomes very difficult, right? Because you rely mm. on just skill or playing the numbers game. So, yeah. but the problem is is you can as a seller you can do everything right <laughs> and you can still lose <laughs> that's, that's that's what i love about you know what I, I hate it and i love it man i mean it's the emotional journey that comes with selling you know that you're absolutely right you can follow a, a particular playbook or a particular blueprint that you know will deliver success most of the time and then you take a prospect through, you're nurturing them through different stages, you're educating them, you've elevated the process, you've showed that you've differentiated your service to the competition, and then you come to the decision and they choose somebody else. And you're left scratching your head going, Matt, I could not have played this better. The business case was strong, multiple yeah. consent, consensus with an organisation, they were committed to change, you know, they, they showed, you know, engagement through the process. Like I've done everything right, but yeah. then I didn't get the outcome I wanted. Or That's even the reality. Worse. Or even worse, right? They do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they maintain the status quo. You well, don't we lose know to somebody else, but they just do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and you scratch your head, or they start ghosting you, and you're like, "What's going on? Like, what have I done wrong?" And I think this is the this is this is a challenge, but it's also the opportunity. And this is why we can't be defined by just one outcome from one sale, but we have to take the learning from it. You know, last week I lost a deal to somebody that, or to an organization that I don't understand how I lost it, right? But I did reflect last week uh, when I got the feedback. I'm thinking to myself, they don't even provide what we provide. But what I identified after reflecting on the sale is what I thought 
the problem was, what they told me the problem was versus what the actual problem was two different things. Mm. I didn't seek enough problem alignment because I was I was kind of, I didn't facilitate the process in my usual way, right? They had a lot of momentum. They wanted to progress forward. And then in the end, they chose another provider who provided something completely different because, you know, they as an organisation had a different need to what they first told me. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting there is you said that the momentum, right? mm. And so sometimes you got to slow things down a little bit, which is so hard for sellers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got to follow, look, even though there's a buying's journey and we need to meet the buyer in the journey that they're at, we've also got to appreciate that we need to make sure we're not selling a widget, a transactional widget online. We're selling transformation. You know, when you're selling something of significance, something that, you know, requires them to go through a process to arrive at a point of decision, you know, like your your whole, you know, podcast is around transformation, we need to understand that there needs to be a process in place to help them arrive at that point of decision. Because if not, then potentially we're not putting forward something that's aligning to their needs and their goals and objectives. Because, you know, selling, people don't buy what you do, they buy the outcome you help them achieve. That's fundamentally Mm. what selling's all about, right? They're not buying a current state, they're buying a future state. They're buying an improvement from where they're at today to where they're going tomorrow. This is everything, even in transactional products. You know, I'm buying a piece of clothing, I'm buying because I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to have a feeling of how I look, right? Right. This is where the science comes into it. 92% of decisions are made with emotion and then justified with logic, yeah? We know that. That's where the science of selling comes into it, right? Yeah, yeah. So Mm. how do you build up the mental toughness, right? Or show up every day as a seller with the right mindset to deal with, you know, getting your teeth kicked in, Mm. you know, dealing with uh, rejection, dealing with doing everything right and still losing. You know, I had this early in my career, I coined this sort of structure in my, in my day, which was image pipeline sales, right? The three key components that I needed to focus on. And when I mean image, I'm not talking about the way I, I, I dress. Um, absolutely, you know, the way you kind of present yourself is really important. If, you, if you're selling to C-suite, in, in, and this is just my opinion, right, I need to be showing up in a certain way, yeah? But image, when it, it goes far beyond what you're wearing. It's about, you know, how am I conditioning my mindset every day to be the best version of the, myself I can be? Right. What's my positive input? And I made an early decision to turn off the news and turn off negative things that could impact my mindset and focus on the negative versus the what's possible. So image for me is all about I need to show up and I need to bring the best version of myself I can. Energy, you know, Brian Tracy talks about sales as a transference of enthusiasm. I need to bring energy to the table. I need to bring myself in the most positive way that I can. So making sure that I'm I'm starting my day and yeah, there's all these things about the 5 a.m. club, cut all that out and go, right, how do I just feel good when I come to the table? What routine do I need to instill that's going to allow me to create that level of energy? You can yeah. get up at 8 p.m. or sorry, 8 a.m. Five, it doesn't matter what time, as long as you've got some form of routine that allows you to bring that energy. Second, pipeline. If, I've, if I know what my pipeline metrics are and I'm focused on what I can control, prospecting, 
managing, you know, my middle stage of the pipeline and trying to close. They're the three key revenue-raising activities I need to focus on, creating, progressing, closing. As long as I'm focusing on my pipeline and I'm making sure my pipeline health is a healthy pipeline, there's no deals rotting, you know, there's a lot of rhythm in there, ultimately the sale will come. It's like magic. I can't focus on the decisions that people make. I just can't. I can't force them to sign a contract or click that that sign, you know, that link to sign mm. when you send them a digital contract. See, that's but the I problem. Can. Yeah. Most people think they can. You can't. And 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 th- when I realized that early in my career, I, I found a different rhythm to the way that I performed. I can yeah. only control the first two buckets. I can't control the third. So why should I focus on the result when the result is a byproduct of all the other things that I put, you know, focus on? And so that's been right. my relentless pursuit. Focusing on my mindset, focusing on my pipeline, and ultimately the results will come. Now, sometimes they don't come, but that's okay because then it allows me to go, okay, what's what's maybe not worked or what do I have to do a little bit differently to achieve that result? What didn't I do? So when I yeah. review a sale, I go, right, you know what? I didn't nurture them properly. I didn't gain consensus. I didn't understand the true objection behind you know, what was concerning them in the sales process. Okay, I need to adjust. This is the art of selling. Yeah. 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 And, you know, do I have days where I feel shit? I don't want to make the, absolutely. It's a constant, it's a constant battle to maintain that enthusiasm and energy and motivation. And there are some days I just don't want to do it, but I get the credits in the bank because I know that I've just got to get it done because it gives me credits in the bank. Right. Positive credits. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, so there's a lot of things to break down there, right? Number one is, taking care of yourself so you can show up as the best version of you in your selling role, right? Yeah. Which is probably the most important thing that most people often overlook, right? And maybe it does mean 5 a.m. club, maybe it doesn't, right? Like whatever that looks like for you isn't necessarily what it might look like for me, but finding what's right for you to show up in that way. Um, and, And then the key is focusing on the things that you can control, and I think a lot of people get caught on focusing that that third bucket that they can't yeah. control. And then you're exerting all this energy, spinning your wheels, stressing yourself out, getting frustrated, trying yeah. to control something that you can't. And then the things that you can control, you don't put as much effort into those. Yeah, right? absolutely. And you mentioned pipeline a lot, right? So, I mean, if you're putting those positive credits in, if you're doing that work, you know, you're filling up the pipeline. It's a little bit easier to show up with confidence that if, hey, if a deal or two or however many, you know, don't work out, even though you did everything right, that's mm-hmm. okay. Absolutely. And this is, again, think about it, right? There is a, we know that there is a trust gap between buyers and sellers. Um, some recent reports showed that some reports are saying 80% of buyers don't trust sellers. Yeah. So we know there's a trust gap there and we know the behaviors that create that, that, that barrier from a trust perspective, that sellers are focused on them, commission breath, um, they try to rush the sale, they selling features, they're not focusing on the outcome that's important to the yeah. client or helping them, helping them build consensus and build a business case for change, right? Now, obviously, sellers who have to achieve a target, they have to, because that's 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 what we that's that's what we're governed by, right? We are, are there to produce a result. When we're not producing that result, when we don't have enough pipeline activity or we don't have enough deals in our pipeline, of course, when, 
you know, we've only got one or two deals. We're going to act with a level of desperation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to maybe skip steps. We're going to maybe not worry about their needs and worry about our needs. And that creates a barrier. And I can, I can totally get it. It's, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I get why people do it because it's not a nice feeling going, shit, I'm going to get to the end of the month. I'm not going to have my target. I could worry about my job. I've got a family to go home to. I'm stressed out. It's causing me to be a little bit emotional at home. I'm not engaging with my family. Like the domino effect in the negative is massive. Now, so, so how do we fix that? Like you said, we've got to have more opportunities so that we don't have to stress. If a deal goes wrong, I lost 250K in deals last month. I'm like, shit, you know, it hurts. I've got some learning there, but that's okay because I've got a full pipeline sitting behind. I'm still an individual contributor, right? I've still got mm-hmm. a full pipeline of opportunities sitting there. So it's A-OK if I lose. Actually, I, I know I'm going to lose deals. I've never met anyone that's converted 100% of their pipeline. So No, even the I, best sellers lose more than they win. Absolutely, man, <laughs> right? So I know I'm going to lose deals. It's a part of the process. But if I don't have enough deals, when I do lose them, I'm going to freak out. It's going to, yeah. it's going to ignite certain behaviors and I'm going to have certain, you know, take certain actions that are going to cause some tension with my prospects. So this is one of the reasons why pipeline health is absolutely fundamental to, to my success. That's what I can control. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a, it's a vicious cycle, right? Mm-hmm. If you focus on trying to control those things you can, or, you know, you don't have a healthy pipeline. So when you lose a deal, it really affects you in a mm-hmm. negative way. You're taking that energy into trying to advance timelines on other deals yeah. or, you know, trying to rush or skip steps in your prospecting or you name it. That's where all the mistakes mm-hmm. happen. Um, when you don't have a healthy pipeline and, I mean, I don't know. You've seen the numbers, I'm sure. I, th- I think it's the last thing I saw was 30-something percent of reps are actually hitting quota on a regular basis. Mm. It's ma- I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a massive issue for many and some could argue, well, maybe their targets are too high. But again, I think, I think, <laughs> I think the reality is if you're taking a job, you're accepting the target that comes with that job and you're focusing on achieving that target. And yes, we are results-driven and I think – you know, again, I can't control the targets that my bosses have set for me previously. And I was always, you know, because I was always a high performer in the organizations that I work for every year, <laughs> my, my target went up because I smashed my target yeah. and go raise the bar again, right? I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, here we go again. Yeah. But I can't control that. But I, you know, and there was elements that I, that, that I needed to focus on. I think that's, you know, for, for your listeners today, uh, Colin, that's, that's one of my biggest takeaways is I've, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of growth still. You know, I'm turning 40 next month. I've achieved some pretty cool outcomes in my career so far, but I've still got so much opportunity for growth. This is what I love about the profession of selling because every step forward I take, there are still another 50 to 60 positive steps that I can take that will help me be the best I can be, right? And this is what I'm loving about the whole evolution of the last two years in a world that was very difficult to work through, a world of, you know, we had the, lo- the longest lockdowns here in Melbourne in, in, out of all the world. Um, mm. There are so many positives that have come from it. The fact that now I can record every single one of my discovery calls, I can, re- I can review it. I can look at the transcription. I can see how many quick, how long did I talk? How long did they talk? What were the questions that mm. were asked? Like, you couldn't do that. I mean, you, 
it was part of it pre-pandemic, but pre-pandemic, I couldn't go into a face-to-face meeting in an office and go, hey, do you mind if my cameraman comes and records so I can review it later, yeah. right? So I think- And counts how many questions <laughs> I ask and how long I speak. <laughs> right? So, I mean, this, yeah. is, this, is, this is like, this is the acceptance of the evolution of selling is if we, if we accept that things are changing, let me own that change. Let me take advantage of that change and help me bring the best version of myself to the next call, right? Um, and, and, again, this is what I'm loving about what's happened in the last couple of years. And, you know, we're going to go through another evolution of selling over the next two. I mean, the whole premise of your podcast around the transformation, this is going to be a continuation. And, yeah. you know, sellers who decide to own it, to embrace it, are the ones that are going to continue to elevate them themselves and they are going to have more opportunities than anyone else. The, the, the abundance mindset will be strong for them. And those who yeah. choose to stay current, not embrace change, sort of go, this is how I've always done it, are going to find it very difficult <laughs> to move forward in the next two to five years, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, here's a question I've just thought of while you're saying that there. You've obviously seen sales change a lot in yeah. the time that you've you know been uh, carrying a quota. Um, what do you think is coming in the next two to five years or what do you think sellers should be thinking about that maybe are not at this point? Yeah, I think, and we've heard this term before, right? Like, I mean, I've got, this is a great book, you know, Challenger Sale, Miller-Hyman, I mean, Consultative Selling. These are not new concepts. They've been around for decades, okay? Now, I've only been selling for over just over 20 years, so... There's many books from the 70s and the 60s, et cetera, that, that are some great books out there. But I think what's going to be vital for most sellers now, I mean, the biggest change is the fact that we have to move away from the premise of, you know, I know there's product-led growth and the buying journey and all that stuff, but sellers need to truly master the art of consultative selling. For me, that's going to be the key differentiation is sellers truly must be thinking beyond the fact that I'm a, I'm a person that's here to deliver some information versus I'm a person here to create value in the process. Mm-hmm. If I can't create value with my prospects or buyers, even my current accounts as an account director because I coach a lot of account managers, if I'm not creating value, I'm redundant. I don't have a purpose anymore in the sales process, right? That's, for me, yeah. the biggest change that we're going to see especially what we've seen in the last couple of years is that buyers are busier now than ever before, right? They don't have time for chit-chat. In relationships, absolutely matter. But relationships come, you know, it's secondary to the value that you create, right? You earn it. That's the key. We have to be constantly finding ways to create value to help them see things they they don't see, the unrecognized need, and become that real partner and we have to elevate the experience. And if we can flip that focus as a sales professional, we are A-okay. <laughs> but if we can't, like I said, the process will just be stripped out because the buyer is like saying, I don't see any value in having any interaction with you because I can get everything I need elsewhere, right? So right. for me, that's the biggest change that we're going to see in the next two to five years. Yeah. Or, you know, there might just be 
they'd rather just purchase it without interacting with anybody. Absolutely. And we're seeing that now, right? We are seeing that. But I do believe sales professionals are very important because there are people out there that don't actually know exactly what the problem is. They don't know, like, you know, there is an unrecognized need. If they had all the answers, they wouldn't be online looking for things, right? So they don't have all the answers. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Luigi, thanks so much for coming on. This was uh, this was a fun topic, digging into this. Where's the best place for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, well, I, I do try to talk about some of these topics uh, and a few others. I've got some incredible guests uh, as well. Sales IQ podcast. Um is, is, is the place that uh, I'd love for you to come and, 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 and hear some of the content that I'm sharing around all this stuff. Um, I try to bring it from a, a contribution place, like I'm an individual contributor. I'm in the field um, doing the things that, you know, most of the guests were talking about um, and I try some of the, the techniques and strategies that they, they, they share with us on the show. So I'd love for you to come and, and, and hear us out there um, and, and engage with me on, on the podcast. Awesome. We'll drop a link in the show notes so you can uh, check out the podcast and uh, see all the work that Luigi is doing. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. We're also listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop us a voice DM, and we will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free, salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad and I might even give you free access to our best templates.